Lucifer Knight. I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And who is? And we've got, Go oh, we've got a special guest with us today. <laughs> Hi, I'm Addie. Uh, so, uh, Addie, um, what do you, what could, for people who don't know who you are, can you uh, give a little rundown of uh, you and your music? Yeah, yeah. So my name is Addie, but on stage I go by Sister Bot. Um, and that was a recent name change this year. I was originally going by Addie Rocket Dancy, and then I was like, that's a little bit too wordy. <laughs> too many syllables. So I condensed it down to Sister Bot, and I have a lot of like, uh, I have a lot of sci fi and a lot of um, Carl Sagan, as oh, you yeah. can see. Oh, back yeah, yeah. Here. yeah. I've yeah. got my Carl Sagan. I love that backdrop. Yeah, me too. I was about to say, I just got a curtain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, um, I like to include those elements in my music. So Sister Bot felt a little bit more um, on brand and easier to remember and spell. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I do uh, a big, huge band of 14 people. Oh my um, gosh. It is a punk pop chamber orchestra. Mm. And we've been exploring basically an orchestrated punk band with a full horn section and a string trio and a punk rhythm section. And it's been one of the biggest challenges and also one of the greatest joys of my life and career so far. And I've been really enjoying it. It definitely sounds, sounds really like, cool. It's, a, it's really cool. It sounds like a challenge getting a, such a large band. And, um, so is the, is the uh, pandemic been, a, been an issue when it comes to putting out shows like that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the project. <laughs> so my first album, Truth House, came out in July of this year. And mm-hmm. this is 2021, if you're listening in the future. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh originally the project started back in 2019 and it has really morphed a lot since then mm-hmm. and um i was like putting together my album kind of like through composed in a way yeah. um mm-hmm. i had all of these songs but like the pieces and the instrumentation was coming to me a little by little and i'm a cellist by trade sure um that I, I studied at the UMKC Conservatory nice. and oh nice that's where I went to school. Hey, love that! What did you do? <laughs> uh, history and uh, Spanish. Ooh, cool. But I had a lot of friends in the conservatory, so we probably <laughs> probably know some of the same people. I did not you go know, to school here. So. You didn't go to school here. Mm. I'm from Texas uh, originally, so I moved here about six or seven years ago. Uh, yeah, it's like six years ago. Uh, my wife got a job here from she's from here so she got a job here and i quit my job in texas and moved up with her so hey was, now you're Kansasian. i know yeah. I, I don't hate it <laughs> oh I, lo- I miss kansas city I, I actually this is way better than dallas honestly when it comes to like how comfortable i feel but just could be the way i'm living my life as opposed to the way i was living in dallas so i don't mm. know but um yeah. so uh our our thing this today is uh, Road Trip Records. We got with Addy, asked them uh, which theme they like to cover. We pulled like five out of the hat and they chose this one. And I, yeah, this is something that's been in the hat, which is just a, a paper sack I have over on the <laughs> desk next to me. Um, it's been there. This is since- one of my favorite uh, categories of albums. Yeah. I think I'm uh, always thinking about what's, what's a great just road trip album. I could have chosen like six or seven of them. I had to sell them one. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it was such a hard choice. I was like, "What do I pick?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I almost immediately regretted my choice, but I decided to stick with it. So we'll get with that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but um, 
Uh, I'm not sure what order we want to do this in, but I figured we do uh, we do Tara Mello's Indigo Girls and then um, Lesson Jake. Does that sound good to everyone? Sounds great. Okay, awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, all right, uh, Ryan, why don't you tell us what you know about Tara Mello's? For sure. Uh, Tara Mello's, they're a band from uh, Sacramento. They're kind of known as the, like, original or, like, a, a big influence in the math rock genre. Mm-hmm. Um, for this album, they had three members, uh, Nick Reinhardt, John Clardy, and uh, Nathan Latona. Um, and this was kind of a, a, I think a new, no, 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 this is their second album in this lineup. They used to have like four or five members and then stuff got shifted around. Are they mostly um, a trio now? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the album I picked was X'd Out. Uh, it's from 2013. And with this one, they kind of decided to maybe like j- jam it out a little bit more as opposed to, you know, really overthinking things. So if you listen to some of their earlier stuff, it's very, it's like, you know, hyper composed. They're constantly changing, stopping, doing this stuff. So it's, you know, they cram the ideas of 30 songs into four minutes of a song. <laughs> uh, so I think they wanted to just kind of like jam and have a little bit more fun and not overthink it on this one. Um which I really like. I I find it really interesting when really good musicians can kind of just like play and show off. Like I, I like hearing this like almost like off the cuff kind of sound for people who are really good at what they do. Oh, you're talking about chops then, right? <laughs> about yeah, that. sure. I guess <laughs> that would be, yeah. Um, the, I think this one works for me as a road trip album because it's, associated in my mind with a road trip uh i took a road trip to uh branson and table rock lake with my wife and this came out the day we left uh so it's pretty much the soundtrack to the entire trip so it's hard to you know separate being in a cabin by a lake with a bunch of like lake cats uh from this album and we went in the uh, summer so you know it's summery very uh road trippy season but i yeah i think it's all i have to say pre-talking about uh, the actual album itself. All right, I'm going to go ahead and play that sampler. You can find Terra Mellos on... Do they have Bandcamp? Do they have Bandcamp? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, because Bandcamp, Spotify, yeah. Apple, they're all over. Terra Mellos is X'd out. Here we go.
That's, that's not the whole record, but that's Terry Mills' is Yeah, but that was one of the longer samplers I've made, so it's, it's pretty close to the full album length. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. it. I thought, um, I'm, I'm a big lover of absurdity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this album feels like taking a lot of like the mundaneity of life <laughs> and bringing it into these absurd grooves, but that really go hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she goes real hard. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are, one of my, like, uh, Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. That's one of my favorite things about like the lyrics on it is just like the words they're picking for just different things, especially like the track, like slimed or something like that, where he's talking about like slime and gunk and all this stuff. <laughs> Just feels yeah. very. Um, it's almost like a like a '90s extreme kind of aesthetic to it. Everything's you know that deep purple and dark green, looking like Ninja Turtles. I do want to mention that the uh, <laughs> album cover looks like it was uh, drawn in MS Paint by a seven year old. Oh no, I love the I love the album cover. <laughs> I was just saying that. I, mean, I mean, or like some folk art that you'd find from the 1920s. I, mean, that's I actually think uh, I think Nick Reinhardt, the guitar player and singer, did the cover, but it's like uh, well, now he'll never like come this... on the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look at this art again. Let me see this again. But it's uh, like a you kind of like a crudely drawn picture of a guy just like with his hand over his face. Oh yeah, and that, but yes. I love I don't know I love the little shapes around him. See that is, I mean I don't know I, that, that didn't bother me about the regular. I thought this regular was was killer, but uh, I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it. Yeah. It had very, I don't know if anyone else got this, but it had very My Bloody Valentine feel to it. It points to me. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you got that too? Because yes. uh, Because Nick, Nick's vocals are so buried in the mix um, that it, it, and I don't want to say, I got I got the, I mean, I looked at the lyrics as I was um, listening to it, but Ryan, did you pick up on that at all, or is it just me just reading too much into it? That they're buried in the mix? No, that My Bloody Valentine could have been an influence on this. I mean, now that you mention it, I think they kind of sit in the same realm for me. Like I mentioned like summary albums Mm -hmm. and it's, there's something about this, like this specific mix style of like where everything almost has equal Mm -hmm. uh, footing where like the vocals are kind of buried in the mix. Um, So it's like this album, um, my bloody Valentine loveless, uh, the, that first uh, tame Impala album, Mm -hmm. like that was kind of the summary vibe. And I think it, maybe it's the production style, um, I don't know. It all just sounds really warm to me. Mm. But yeah, I've I've heard it as a complaint. I recommended this album to a friend of mine at one point. He's like, I can't hear what he's saying. I don't like it. Oh, so that's a good, <laughs> that's not a complaint to me, honestly. Uh, See, though, I felt like the vocals were like another instrument. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was yeah. like they weren't the forefront. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like uh, they're supporting the rest of the instrumentation and like creating this as like. Oh, the vocals are just there to like create a little story for this instrumentation to sit on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you see some records where basically the vocals are the star and everything else supporting, but everything you're like you said was an equal footing. And I, I really appreciate about about that and Tara Millis in general. So And then along the My Bloody Valentine line, you know, they're kind of exist in that uh like shoegaze genre yeah. where it's you know about like looking at your pedal board. <laughs> These guys have the most insane pedal boards. Uh, I've seen them live a couple of times and it's like two full, like 
I don't know, three foot by three foot things that are next to each other that both the guitar player and the bass player have. Uh, and it's it's cool. They do a really interesting, like I'm pretty all this, the weird sound stuff that are happening on here are all happening live while they're playing. Um, so it's not like a fix they add in later. It's like I'm making weird guitar sound now while I'm playing. It's all like a single track through. So they, did they, do you know if they record this live or not? I imagine they would. Okay. I, I haven't seen any, you know, behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> um, right, um, but yeah, it, it's really cool. Uh, if you want to just see some really crazy, uh, like foot pedal work, uh, look up like Nick Reinhardt's stuff online. It's very, it's really interesting just how he can like, it's like sampling stuff and then just making weird sounds. Okay. Uh, which I'm all for. You want you guys want to try to go through this track by track, see if we can get through it that way. Sure. All right. Let's do it. Uh, first circle. <laughs> first song is "Weird Circles," um, and I. So uh, I wasn't quite knowing what I was getting into when I listened to this. I tried to go, tried to go in as blind as possible. <laughs> um, but uh, but right away I was I was really impressed with, I guess the stamina of the guitar playing. I can't do that, you know, for two mm-hmm. minutes straight like the was done in this song. Um, or sing at the same time. I can sing I've tried to learn this riff for years, and it's, <laughs> it's so hard. Um, the, when you were saying, I was going through this, and every song, you sort of, when it started, you, you we had no clue where it was going to end up, because it wasn't, it, the structure mm. was very uh, unconventional, and this, you know, this song itself doesn't have a verse, chorus, verse, bridge, <laughs> chorus, uh, structure to it. Um <laughs> Which I'm fine with. I was really into the really into the unconventional strong, strong song structure for this this song and uh, really the whole record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the you know you've got the little like clicky looped guitar thing mm-hmm. that's there for a little bit that the that then like the main riff sits over and they somehow work together really well. Yeah, even though they're they're in like completely different places on the on the uh, the fingerboard and all that. That little the the guitar picking riff reminded me of like Dolly Parton's nine to five oh, yeah. <laughs> fingernails at the beginning oh yeah and oh like, yeah it always like the beginning of something because you're know, like nine to five is like waking up in the morning and stumbling <laughs> out of bed and so it was like it felt like this song is a great one to like start a road trip on oh like, yeah you turn the car on and you get the clicking going you're like okay yeah we're pumping <laughs> up you know that's what it reminded me yeah of. I, every record i was to uh for this i just had a dash cam footage going through my head <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um and when it comes to the the um i guess the lyrics, the lyrics of the song just getting basically uh just a, a place in town where you wandered through trying to figure out where the music's coming from um Mm-hmm. Or just like you know, hearing something weird, potentially ominous, like happening somewhere. And you're just like, what is this? What's happening? Punk show, maybe. Yeah, maybe a <laughs> punk show. <laughs> we can only wish. Uh, a fun, I guess, just a little bit of trivia about this one um, is the main riff was actually a rejected riff that, like, I guess he wrote back in like the early 2000s or 90s that they just he hadn't figured out a way to quite work it into the Terramellos catalog yet. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I've had, riffs, that, you know, that riff that just sits in your head for I, I like 10 years. S- I have six of them. Like I have no clue what to fucking do with them. Um, <laughs> um, we can move on to new courting. Um, of course this song starts out with a kind of creepy riff, but then like it gets straight into the rock of it. And this is where I started to actually hear kind of hooks in it. In new courting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Um, well, what I like about this one is it almost gives me like, you know, like the it's like the Pixies song structure where it mm-hmm. starts quiet and then it gets loud and then it gets quiet again and then it gets loud. I, d- I didn't, I, I had, I almost wrote that down, but I didn't want to overuse it. <laughs> like the, the Pixies song <laughs> structure thing. Cause you know, everyone talks about that with Nirvana and all other bands, but I, I didn't want to put Sarah Mills into that, even though I really could have, I guess. So you do. I think it's a good, I think it's a good song structure. <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, how I felt about the lyrics of this song. Like more about like, like, you know, I guess cleaning yourself of the bad things that you do to yourself. I, I don't know. That's what I got from it. You know? I was, yeah, I was getting a little bit more like less of like a personal thing and more of a, uh, like a places kind of changing and becoming a little more like mm-hmm. washed out and sterilized. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you felt a little good, good little nugget when you said I heard it once in Colorado. Yeah, I'm from there, so <laughs> that's, why, yeah, that's why it showed up. It showed up a little bit in the sampler. I was like, okay, I'll do that one. <laughs> but I, I really like uh, just the lyric, uh, "Bleach your life until some until something seems all right." Mm-hmm. Yeah, not as something to follow, but as just I don't know. Just it's a nice little little lyric. Soak all your head and get all the green in there. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of going on like the the pixie song structure like something else that i liked about it is that it was in like a more complex meter mm-hmm. and so you're like headbanging but you're headbanging in 10 <laughs> <laughs> but it's also i i felt that um i this is what made me feel like the album was probably recorded live because mm-hmm. they were so together on yeah. this oh yeah clearly because they would fall kind of in and out of being really crisp on their rhythm. Like they were really, really on it. All of a sudden you're like, wait, where did the beat go? I think they are such a cohesive group that they can even make something that feels so like dis like disjointed feel like one unit in this. Like yeah, they like sneak like, it in. It's like you know, like sneaking experimental music in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they, they were like a math rock band dressed up as like a post hardcore punk band. You know what I mean? Like like there were so mm-hmm. many um, so many genres mixed in to this whole record, and so uh, you almost don't recognize the time signatures. You're like, wait, I'm having a hard time keeping up. <laughs> am I am I nodding the head to it? Um, yes. But yeah, that's what I was saying. Like right here, to me, I felt like the loud, um, quite, quite loud. Um, I guess soft clean. I'm not that quiet. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was really. I, that's why I felt the hook to it. But that's just me. I mean, uh, my, my type of uh, my type of shit. I guess especially. Mm-hmm. Um, this song also, I think, really shows off the uh, the drumming. This is a really good like drummer album. Like, oh, he yeah. does those. So a lot of the stuff he's doing, you know, it sounds like he's got you know double bass pedal but it's all it's all one foot so when he's doing those little like double bass uh flourishes in there it i don't it just sounds really cool and really impressive i, I i've seen band like drummers especially i've seen them like reel against double bass pedals and i don't know why that's an issue to people I don't, some people think it's cheating i don't know i don't think it's cheating i, I mean, don't <laughs> i mean no we'll see <laughs> we can move down the bite Man, uh, I had a hard time keeping up with the way I said this song. I kept like, like where is it going? Because it was so deep, so down the mix. But, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and also, I, I, I don't know. I, I got, like, 
you know, I'm seeing like, a, for example, it says, um, uh, there's a creature on the crawl. You can smash its brains apart. And I was just like, kind of like, oh, what the fuck are they talking about there? Right. <laughs> One thing I like about, uh, Nick Reinhardt's and Tara Mellis's lyrical style mm-hmm. is he'll just kind of like write about things that happen and mm-hmm. then put, put it kind of in weird, weirder words, like kind of weirded up a little bit. Uh, he had, we talked about it a little bit. We did a review episode a while ago for a disheveled cuss, which is his solo project. And a lot of the stuff on there is like, I saw a lizard on a rock <laughs> and it's like, that's like the whole, that's one of the whole uh, songs. And I think this is, he got bit by something in the ocean and looked at the spot. And then that's about it. As far as the lyrics go, that is a cuss record could really could have been just called a Weezer tribute record. But um, no, I, I really like this song. It's angular but dreamy at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I zero down on that because a lot of these songs, really strange enough, kind of sound like lullabies. Mm-hmm. You think it's the singing? Yeah, I think so. And, and I saw mm-hmm. I saw Ryan's face go, "No, that's not what I got from <laughs> it." Um, but uh, I don't put it on when I go to bed. But no, no, maybe no. I'll start. <laughs> I'm not saying that you have to put on your bed, but like, like, I, I don't. But I, I, I did, I did this song quite a bit. And I'm looking at the, at the, uh, at the, at the, um, genres on, on Genius. Um, so they got rock, electronic, punk rock, jazz, math rock, experimental rock, experimental. That works, I think. For all yeah. those, all those things. <laughs> I like, I like this song because it has almost, it, it's, it seems like it's just two chords. Like on its surface, you've mm-hmm. got the, the, you know, little rhythmic, da don't, da don't. But each verse, he's changing like the key like he keeps moving it around uh so it never like it's repeating itself but it's not quite repeating itself so this song is like it's always changing the whole way through that's i mean i I do appreciate that for sure it comes to (laughs) this song called baby for pre on nutrimilk hotel's uh first record and i found out those are two chords i'm like well fuck like i guess i'm i guess i'm done learning this song now there you go one song (laughs) down you got time to learn another one uh, let's uh, move on to Snake Lake, a place I never want to go to, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably haunted. I want to stay the fuck away from there. But um, <laughs> but this this one actually, to me, sounds a lot like a lullaby if I were to pick one. Like, if I had to pick a lullaby, Snake Lake is the creepiest lullaby I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this album has, like, a huge spectrum of, like, they can go from, like, beautiful melodies mm-hmm. into like you know like slimed where it's like <laughs> really like gross um and i think that that really speaks to their their knowledge of music mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that they're obviously like huge freaking nerds yeah. oh, of course <laughs> yeah. but they, they know how to like actually get to each like the heart of what they're trying to say with each song mm-hmm. and i think that this one is a good one mm-hmm. to that yeah, they have these, I, I think it's like three, like, slower um, slower tracks on here that they don't really feel like filler tracks. Although I feel like on, like, most albums, that's where they would end up being is like, all right, we're doing this rocking. Here's, you know, a little a little side thing to kind of, you know, break up, I guess, the monotony a little bit. But Clear the palette. Yeah. Yeah. But they're always they're still always doing really interesting stuff. Like this has like this like organy sound that's showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm pretty sure it's a guitar. <laughs> yeah. Just th- just processed uh through some stuff. Um but it's cool. Like the uh band members uh can you know kind of 
take it seems like take a little bit of a break uh cool when a band that's so big on doing bombastic impressive instrumental stuff when other members can kind of you know stop and be like hey this track actually doesn't need drums on it or it doesn't need you know bass solo or something like that speaking of you know that they're they're really focused on making a good song over showing off or something speaking of filler when you're talking about this the third song and i was really impressed when this is not just exclusive to this record but uh most records we're going to talk about today i really impressed with how the sequencing is you know like uh mm-hmm. I, I i mean i've i've been confounded by sequencing on other records i'm like why the fuck would they put that song there? But this one it has a really good flow to it, in my my opinion of it, at least. Um, the whole sequencing aspect of it. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Sunburn. Pull my notes up on this one. That's my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's such a good one. I wrote Fave, I wrote Fave on there, too. Um, hey! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> buddies. Um, but, um, yeah, I... This was a real trippy song to me. Like it was a, it was happy. It was like um, it was a happy and trippy at the same time. Like Matthew, but like like really sunny. <laughs> I guess the best way to put it. Yeah. You know? But uh, it felt like the banger of the album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Just pretty. Like fun. It was pretty catchy, and they talk about slimy girl and all that stuff in here. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it's very uh, it's very surfy to me. It's mm-hmm. got this uh, yeah, kind of a surf rock guitar thing. It's got like this you know, California surf rock or uh, surf punk sound. It opens with some, you know, do do's. You got your beach boys in there. It's like they crammed in as much, as much surf as they possibly could on this track. This song was right in my alley. Really? Like, like I was mm-hmm. about it. I mean, even, I mean, even with their talking about the peeling stuff, which I was kind of, uh, you know, like <laughs> just, you know, sort of a uh, squirming when I was reading it, but, um, but no, like Sunburn's a killer song. <laughs> I love yeah. this song. I also don't like sunburns, uh, no, so no. I can I can agree with the lyrics there. Yeah, lots <laughs> well, of this one also blasting in here. I'm trying to for, figure it out. Like I always feel like a sunburns kind of slow and sort of not blasted with it, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not think too 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 uh, bitch too much about that. <laughs> the choice of words um, because like uh, I think I think my favorite part of this track is when you get that little uh, like chuggy pop punk riff breakdown um that's oh, yeah. in just a bizarre time signature or so you kind of like start getting into it and you're like what hold on what? <laughs> yeah you think it's very off kilter you think you, you think you caught the hook but then it, it wiggles away again so exactly that's a great way to describe it <laughs> um we can move on to uh to melody nine which again this starts out with it's a, a plucky angular riff um and uh, riffy chops, like you were saying, and I don't know. This record has a lot to talk about when they talk about bones, and I'm not, I'm not I'm, you know, like talking about. It's like I, 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 I sort of zero in on words that show up throughout a record. And this one, Nick Reinhardt has a preoccupation with uh, with bones. I feel like, <laughs> and slime, and slime, just not a slime showing up, yeah. something gooey. <laughs> Yeah, they also seem to have a preoccupation with food. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, I watched some of their music videos and then also, like, some of their live videos. And they, like, they have lots of bowls of cereal <laughs> in their videos. And uh, then, when you watched their live one, did you see the, the hot dog man? The hot dog man, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, it's hilarious. And I feel like um, 
it's another like moment where they're just like inspired by the little things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it's and I feel like that's like directly reminiscent of all of their music that I've heard so far is mm-hmm. that like you think that they're going to take it in one direction, but they actually focus on the first thing that you didn't think that had any direction at all. Oh, yeah. And that's like I feel like that's like their themes, too. And when it comes to food, if they were really if they were really all about it, they could have and they could open for Weird Al. You know, half the songs about food. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fun little bit of trivia on Melody Nine is it is I believe a remake of an older song that they did. They just like slowed it down, made it uh, slimier. It's kind of how it sounds. I want to mention something about bands that rework their music. I, I'm a big fan of that, but there's one artist who I absolutely adore who is boogie woogie. His songs out so much so unrecognizable. Which would be Bob Dylan. Like, if you see him live now, I'm like, is he playing Tangled Up in Blue? I can't fucking tell. Like, I, I remember when I saw, when I saw him at Starlight, and uh, uh, I was getting ready to leave because I was late. And I'm like, okay, well, I've heard everything I want to hear. Uh, I heard this lady in front of me. He's like, you're He's like, I, I, I think I like this song. <laughs> like, that, that's how we were able to f- figure it out. But, um, uh, but I mean, most bands, when they wrote their songs, I, I enjoy but. Dylan, he's boogie woogie out so much that I don't know if I appreciate his live renditions of older mute, older material at the very least. But um, mm. I mean, well, he's been playing the same songs for fifty years yeah. or so. Got to change it up a little bit. This is weird up singing yeah. he talks about in his record, his uh, book Chronicles. I'm like, I'm like, oh, he's he was, he's aware he's fucking it up. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But, <laughs> when you're Bob Dylan, you don't have to give any fucks, though. I know. I, I, <laughs> like, I, I'm a, I'm a huge Dylan fan, so uh, I think on our last guest episode, we we talked about Dylan with uh, Jeffrey Lewis, and he um, we we argued about um, what was the better Dylan record, but um, but we didn't argue. But he, and it was my first time listening to Bob Dylan, so I was I was like, I don't have a horse in this race. <laughs> Uh, moving on to No Phase, which is a really sweet song about a broken guitar pedal. Well, Wait, a no longer broken. broken. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's okay. well, it's a no longer broken guitar pedal. Yeah. So oh. what I saw about the what I saw about this song on on Genius at least is that is that the guitar pedal was broken. And it made these really cool song sounds because it was broken. And then on a mm-hmm. flight from I think South Korea, it got home and it was fixed, so it didn't make that cool sound anymore. <laughs> Yeah, oh, the wires got uncrossed, and I think the um, the sound only showed up on one song for like three seconds, and it wasn't on this album. Uh, you have to seek it out. I can't remember exactly what song it is, but uh, it does sound cool, and it is a bummer that it doesn't do that anymore. R.I.P. The Broken Pedal. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I loved this one. This one was my favorite of the ballads. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I got yeah, I got a really slow shoegaze type of lullaby thing from it. Like yeah. it was, it was um, and it was it's it's also got like weirdly enough, it has like a a, a structure to it. You know, what I mean, like it, it it doesn't throw too much at you when it comes to time signature. It's yeah, yeah. It's very washy, and yeah. also. They introduced some like treble voices mm. in this mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. that I really like because I feel like a lot of their music like kind of sits in this mid range, and like to just like kind of elevate this song and like just have some dancing vocals at the top. <laughs> so pretty! I really liked it. It was really nice. Yeah, it was a surprise when I was first listening to it uh, that they had 
uh, like a guest vocalist in. Yeah, Oriel really added which to I'm, it. Not, I'm not sure who Oriel Ziegler is, but they were the that was the high vocals in it, probably. I'm gonna oh, guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can move on to, but again, about uh, a guitar pedal. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> rest rest <laughs> yeah. in peace, flanger pedal. Um, well, I love I love the way they describe the sound. It's a metallic skronk, <laughs> or a, like a machine that somebody poured a glass of water into. Yeah, I mean, hmm. I mean, I would I, love to get that sound. Pedal. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm not gonna, I'm not willing to fuck up any pedals I have <laughs> to get that sound. So. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to find it. It's like, uh, you know, you, something you got to come across. I don't think you can. Uh, they, I think they've tried to replicate it and they can't figure out exactly what was going on. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have that type of, uh, I guess, if you want to try to fuck up your pedal, that's what you're going to try to fuck up with. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> yeah. So Tropic Lame, uh, not a lame song. And not, not very tropical either, but good. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Uh, this one had a post-hardcore feel to me, like like uh, when it comes to like like I don't want to I don't want to say like Thursday, but like early early two thousands post-hardcore emo proto emo type thing. That's what I got from the song. The feel I can see it. that. Yeah. Um, this also this is also another song that mentions punk rock again, which you know I'm a punk guy. I'm, I'm really into punk rock, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they uh, I think they came up in the uh, like Sacramento punk rock scene. So I think they're they're intimately aware of the you know, the punk rock around their their neighborhood, but the songs I, I at least what I'm getting is they're kind of lamenting the change of the scene, or at least it's now kind of just this like surface level, you know, we're punk rock. Sure, mm-hmm. but there's a line here that says "shave your head in shame," and I just got that scene from Game of Thrones where uh, where Cersei's being the, uh. the walk through the street, shame. Shame, and that's uh, that's all went through my head when I read that line, which is sad. Wow. But mm-hmm. you know, so I was thinking about maybe shaving a mohawk off because you don't deserve that mohawk because you pissed on the punk rock grave, according to them. According to them. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to talking about punk rules, it's a weird thing to talk about because there's supposed to be like no rules, man. But then again, uh, you know, no one's gonna tolerate racism or anything like that, which is great, honestly. Mm-hmm. When I, was, I I'm a big fan of people we get called out for their shitty behavior in any scene, especially the punk scene, because uh, never mind. Uh, but <laughs> Tropic Lame is not about that. <laughs> Tropic Lame is just a it's a cool song. I liked it a lot. Um, and, I think and, it was the the single, or at least one of the singles from this album. Mm-hmm. This is what they led with. So this is the first thing I heard when they kind of changed their sound a little bit to this, uh, you, you know, more laid back, less, less thinky sound. And I was really into it when I heard it. I meant to bring, I meant to ask you, what did your wife think about this when you guys were driving to Branson? Uh, I don't think she hated it. Okay. Well, you, usually I get like the, what are we listening to? <laughs> <laughs> and I have not yet with this one. Yeah. I always, always ask Ryan that. Cause like, cause he, he always brings pretty far out there shit for me to, uh, either suffer <laughs> through or really enjoy. Um, this one usually suffer. And not, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I don't. I don't hate anything you brought me, but last uh, episode Ryan brought the Resonance, and I wasn't um, a big fan of that commercial album, Resonance. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but um, but uh, yeah, that brings us to Slimed again. Another song that mentions slime, which yeah, uh, here which, we go. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Reinhardt has a big uh, preoccupation with slime. It seems uh, he was ahead of the curve, you know. 
Yeah, so talks about he slimy was in the hair. Talks about slimy hair, which is a uh, just sort of kind of like a. Uh, but um, this one was real fucked up and cool. That's one. I mean, it's, that's yeah. all I have written on it, though. Um, I feel like this is like the far side of the spectrum of this album. Like, if this album is a spectrum, like No Phase is over here on like the beautiful, and Slimed is like the most like epic weird. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Side two because it's. It's got just like that really off kilter, like main riff mm-hmm. that yeah. they then, uh, when they hit the, uh, I don't know if it's the chorus or it's like the pre chorus where they like, he adds kind of like a chuggy palm muted guitar to it that like really emphasizes how weird the riff is. Mm. Cause yeah. I feel like that's the only part on this song you can't like kind of bang your head to. Cause you're like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, it gets like, it gets it gets really dreamy again because like you know thinking about everything wrapped in gauze like like every, my Valentine Valentine stuff kind of is I got like the the lyrics and like the the vocals are always seemed like they're back there just sort of adding texture color um, mm-hmm. you know like like Daddy was saying like an instrument so yeah. as opposed to like you know straight vocals which is I really appreciate that again. Um, I like the um, where the like music or where the full band joins in because mm-hmm. you got that really low kind of sub bass playing the the yeah, main riff. I was in that too. And they come in on they don't come in on it seemed like the, it seems like a weird spot. It would, like almost scares me every time. Like <laughs> okay, they're gonna come in here, 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 and then it's like I don't remember what beat it's on. It's like the second or third beat, and uh, not like on the one where you would think it would be. When it comes to things that scare you, in music one of the things you scare me all the time. Uh, I do you remember that fucked up record, the Chemistry of Common Life? Do you, have you the which one? The 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 Chemistry of Common Life, name of a. Well, there mm-hmm. is it, the first song in there just says that with this sort of soft sort of flute drone, and then when they come in, it would scare the living shit out of me because it just comes <laughs> so fucking loud. Uh, so I, I think I've uh, I I don't get scared by music anymore <laughs> when it comes to like. Yeah. I think there's a couple songs I know that have that um, where it's like they'll do like a really repetitive uh, section mm-hmm. and like slowly fade it out uh-huh. and then come back in really loud and bombastic. I think um, JG Thurlwell did it on one of the songs where it's like there's like a bongo solo yeah, and it gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And then like a big band joins in after that, just playing as hard as they possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> it scares me every time. <laughs> We can move it until Lufthansa. Is that, is that I mean, mm-hmm. it's a German town? Lufthansa. Is that a German thing? I think it's a German airline. This is this is one I I maybe had to do some research on to try to figure out what the lyrics possibly mean <laughs> yeah. and came up with my own uh, interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, but this is my favorite song on the album. Okay. Well, it's, I did not write that on mine, but, but uh, I believe you. <laughs> I, I believe you. Uh, I, I remember looking up with uh, Luf, Lufthansa. Lufthansa? Am I trying Lufthansa? To, yeah. Um, I got Cadillac. Uh, I also uh, looked up. I had to look at that and nothing. I remember like, okay, that's not. Uh, I looked up these names together in a Google search and I didn't, I didn't get anything out of it. Um, but um, no, this is, it is a cool song though. It's a, uh, it, this one is the one where I think they show their chops the most in the last minute of the song. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, they're reminding everyone they're a math rock band, or you know, like mm-hmm. a 
prog punk band or whatever like that whatever like yeah i think they prefer the term progressive punk progressive punk okay that's mm-hmm. fair over math rock i would too <laughs> <laughs> uh but i love i don't know i just love that little loop and Addie, you were talking about it earlier about how they find like a little thing to focus on that they grow into something big that you wouldn't think is the what the focus was going to be but they take that little loop and then do like a jam fade out thing at the end that i really like yeah so good so kind of like so the, when it says kind of like mm-hmm. that's pink i'm thinking mary Kay. <laughs> like, that's, what I get. <laughs> that's what that's what they get if they sell enough makeup right like if you're part of the mlm they if you sell the makeup you get pink Cadillac. Like, am i right about that i don't know if it's a cadillac you'd at least get a pink car okay well yeah i think I, it used to be a cadillac and then it's it's not you can get all kinds of pink cars. Oh dang! I don't go near Mary Kay. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I don't. Want, I just. I don't I want a like smart car. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you are opening up a new like uh, like rabbit hole for me to go down to try to figure out what they're talking about on this song because I got, you know, I looked up Lafansa and some of the, you know they're talking about like mortality and death on the album and how like it might have changed at some point and I was like oh maybe they're talking about the 1982 Munich. Uh, Lafansa uh, hijacking, <laughs> yeah. trying to like maybe that was like a big moment that changed stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we can move on. But to now s- they're talk- potentially talking about Mary Kay, so I gotta, I gotta <laughs> research how how does Mary Kay fit into all this? I gotta set up my yarn board. Yeah, and try- <laughs> yeah the picture of Nick Reinhardt right in the middle of it. Um, mm-hmm. So surf Nazis, which uh, I automatically thought of surf ninjas that. Crazy movie in the early like mid nineties where they had a mm-hmm. game gear that could tell the future. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I don't remember that part, but I, I do would like a game gear that can tell the future. Yeah. Well anyway. <laughs> I I like a lot of the stuff they do, but <clears throat> I don't think it maybe it doesn't change enough for me, but the, uh, the you know, that main just little like wheel wheel wee wee yeah guitar <laughs> thing that they're doing. Uh I don't know, just not not very interesting to me. Mm. I, I do feel like yeah. they go ahead Natty. I'm sorry oh thanks uh, <laughs> this one is like another one where they just like kind of um they're doing their thing and like you're in the groove for a second and then you're like wait where did we go <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, this one kind of falls apart for me a little bit more and it's like it it starts to feel a little noisy but I like noise music yeah, sure. so same like, okay, yeah so <laughs> uh, but I can see why it would be like your least favorite because it's like it's the least um, easy to hold on to. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's it's definitely the most mathy of the record, and I think they're like, look how many times you know, I get, I get it. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I get it. I understand. Yeah, that's really impressive, but it doesn't make that song awesome. It's like listening to Ingvae Malmsteen record. Ingvae Malmsteen is an amazing guitar player, but I don't really enjoy his music that much. Like, mm-hmm. it's like I'm like, I get it. You're showboating. You can, yeah. <laughs> you sound like you have eleven fingers, but only you have five. I get it, but um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I do like the song, uh, but it, it it's not my favorite. I, I do like the ooh part though. They have very beautiful singing parts of the mm-hmm. song. Uh, um, I think the thing I do like about this one is the lyrics. You kind of get this vibe of you know being around people with like a locals only attitude, and it's making you self conscious. Yeah, they showed me my severed head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. As those locals do, yeah. fuckers. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you especially get that in you know, like surf culture stuff like that. I, I mean, I now live in a beach town. It'd feel mm-hmm. weird going to the beach. Like, oh no, they're gonna think I'm a tourist. So, real quick, what's the temperature there right now in San Diego? 
64 okay. and hazy, at least according to. That's literally what it is here. Yeah. Yeah. Intensity. Don't don't let them trick you. It's the same. T- it's the same thing here. It's same a- thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but right, I remember recall you saying San Diego stays about the same temperature year round, right? Oh yeah, it's about as cold as it's gonna get. Oh, you fucker! I'm waiting. For, <laughs> I'm waiting for that negative one we got like last year, and Texas got it too. So I had a lot of friends on my Facebook just about how they they're texting from their phone because their power went out and it's like negative two outside. It's crazy. I I honestly miss the cold a little bit because I I run hot. Okay. So, and most of my wardrobe is sweaters and long sleeves because I like sweaters. Um, so I can't wear any of that, and I'm just always. I'm always sweaty. I'm always slimy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, my, uh, my basement, which I'm always in either working or doing the podcast, I, it's always cold down here, like, no matter what time of year it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have my hoodie on right now, but, um, but uh, yeah, it's, I don't miss the cold. I'm always like, I'm always like, it's sinking into my bones. I need to, like, I wish I had a hot tub in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, let's let's wrap this up. Let's talk about the... The X- final track, X out and tired. I felt that way before. Mm. <laughs> I like it. So I think this album, along with being like a road trip album, it kind of feels like a beach day or like a lake day album where you've got, this is like, you're wrapping up the day. You're, you're sun soaked, you're sunburned and you're just kind of like, you know, overstimulated and tired. And this is, ready to... this is like a good closing track when it comes to the first acoustic guitar you hear in the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... And I love the acoustic guitar, the, you know, the pretty nice singing uh, with just the weird synthy, like almost random sounding sound effects that pop up. Yeah. Like, 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 like a space noise or like a, a dripping faucet. I, I mm-hmm. really like in between verses, all the verses. Um, I do love the last line. This man, I'm just tired. I really should go to sleep. <laughs> like he just sort of dismissed yeah. the whole song. Like, yeah, yeah I'm just talking out my ass. It doesn't really mean, it mean anything. <laughs> yeah. But, well, this one, this one was really beautiful, and it was like really striking to me to like end this this big bombastic album with this song, and to end it with like the, the title song too. I think it was really a bold. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's like and it always this moment. Yeah, it's my favorite of the uh, the ballady type songs. Uh, it is kind of a bummer though, <laughs> and really weird. The uh, vinyl version of this does not have this track, mm. the title oh, really? track. That's strange. yeah. And what they did on the back uh, when you flip the record sleeve over, they just painted over. They kept it on the track list, but they just painted over it. <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> I wonder so it's like they're aware it's not on it. Um, but yeah, I like. There's the lyric on here, the uh, the man in the corner of the web, uh, where it's dark, keeps screaming, uh, tired of the same old song that you still believe in. You know, mm-hmm. probably get a you know getting a lot of criticism through the internet, and he's putting a lot of a lot of stake in what some random dude online is just screaming <laughs> at him. So he wants him to just keep playing the same stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I go no. ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I have another podcast where we got a little bit of heat on the email, just like saying. This stuff is terrible, and I, I, I honestly, I'm like, oh, people are emailing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he logs on, and the dude said, "says you've got mail," and Chris gets really excited. I'm like, oh, and they hate it. I'm like, thanks for the feedback. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
I really liked the lyric, living upstairs makes the face seem distant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, there's like, I, I feel like that's a, a thing where you're like, you're in such close proximity, but like you, you can't even look at it because <laughs> it's like so close to you. Because yeah. mm-hmm. there's, so I don't know. I just thought that was cool. The lyrics in this were like the most, um, the most striking to me. Yeah. I, and yeah, I really, really like this one. If I were cheap in the lyric, I was just thinking about sometimes I'm in bed and I figure my charger down in the basement. And I'm like, man, it does seem so far away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chris, yes. It was like that even when I did have a basement. I'm like, God, I'm in bed and already my charger in the living room. It's so distant. I was just, I, I, my, I would gauge up. I'm like, I don't think I'll stay charged through the night until I get up there in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm just tired. Maybe yeah. I should just go to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I worry about charging in the morning. Um, but yeah, this was a uh, this was uh, Terry Mellis's X'd Out, and I really enjoyed that. So thanks, thanks, thanks for this, Ryan. I'll, I'll be revisiting this shortly. Awesome. I've been one. wanting to bring this guy on here for years. Yeah, I mean, or however, however long I've been doing the podcast. I think a year and a half, two years. I, 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 I it's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, we had breaks in between, like, people move and all that stuff. As they do. Yeah. <laughs> I have a closing quote from sure. Tara Melos about their band that I thought Let's, was brilliant. Oh, I'd love to hear it. I watched this interview uh, where they were doing, like, a live session, and they were talking about how they all feel like they have telepathic connections with each other in this band. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, we have to have ESP to make this band what it is. <laughs> and, uh, the Nick, Nick, the lead singer guitar player, said that. And I just thought that was like a perfect way to describe this band because they it seems like they're all like telepathically communicating via their music. Yeah, oh, yeah. Especially if it's, I mean, with the if they tracked it live, that, that just mouth agape. <laughs> like, like, literally, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, do you know, Ryan? This is, might be a weird question to ask. But do you know that they have a set list, like that they write down, or they just move from song to song? I'm pretty sure they have a set list. Okay. I might even have one sitting around here somewhere. Oh yeah, you're one of those dudes that gets right to the front, and gets that set list as soon as they hand it out, right? <laughs> if I can. Uh, okay. It's a nice, it's a nice show memento. I, every time I've gotten it, it's always been like crumpled up or something like that and I've given it to someone else. Uh, but yeah, I mean, cool. <laughs> uh, so, Addie, what did you bring? Um, I brought the album Swampophilia by the Indigo Girls. Um, and cool. like, this album has been with me my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was like listening to the Indigo Girls a lot before I was born. So I always joked that the Indigo Girls were with me like in utero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this album's in my bones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's the Indigo Girls uh, started in the 80s and they actually went to elementary school together. Oh, really? Um, it's a duo. They're both gay. And it, it was like a big deal at the time sure. to have a lesbian duo playing folk music. It's just in the 90s, yeah. Yeah. So they they were really big pioneers for like the LGBT movement in terms of like for music. Mm-hmm. Um cuz I mean, can you I can't really name except for like Joan Jett any other lesbian artists in the 1980s, 1990s. Can you think of any? I'm thinking the, Okay, yeah, yeah. The only thing that pops to mind 
I think was like was like tattoo, but I think that was all just like a weird marketing thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I, I really admired the Indigo Girls for like putting their stuff out there yeah. and like being openly gay. It's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. So they they met when they were in like elementary school, and they were a duo for a long time. They were like. What did they call themselves? They called themselves like B band, and then they settled on the Indigo Girls. Um, and this is their fifth album, uh, and I really think that this is some of their like most quintessential work that really shows a lot of their past, but also like their future. It's like the Happy Medium album, sure. mm -hmm. um, and because they were like really folksy before, but this is like folk plus this like new rock thing that they're trying yeah. to which is exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and the, there's two, two women in this group. Their names are Amy and Emily. And Emily is like, she's written a lot of like the super poignant lyrics. Mm -hmm. She like studied poetry for a while. And there was a moment where she like studied classical guitar. Um, and both of them are excellent guitar players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm, yeah. good. That was really um, good. And Amy is like, she has like one of the most unique voices in folk in my opinion and she's got like this really low register and also like this like kind of punk energy that like just starts to come out in this album um and so this is some of emily's best work for her songwriting and they yeah. they each like bring their own songs and then amy is this is not her favorite <laughs> oh. i think it's great yeah, so yeah sure um, yeah, so this is this is Swampophilia. Okay, here we go. It's all such a treacherous game. Hide yourself from me. Do what makes me think I can start being stated. The hardest to learn was the least complicated. So what makes me think?
So that was Indo Girls Swamp Ophelia. And uh, right off the bat, I want to say I love the lyrics on this. This is uh, the the poetry of it. <laughs> like like it's so I, good. Yeah. Um yeah, I I was really surprised. Yeah, I, I was surprised liked this quite a bit. Indigo Girls have always been one of those bands that like I know about, um, but I just had never listened to them. I yeah. mean, I grew up in the '90s and was aware <laughs> that they were a band, yeah. um, and then you know just didn't grow up around it. Yeah, I was... and then uh, now that it's later, that's kind of just been one of those bands that like I'd forgotten about. Yeah, and then uh, when you said this is the album, I was like, oh my god, Indigo Girls—they're one of those bands I'd never checked out. Yeah, I had, I'm so glad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I knew I knew the name Indigo Girls, but I had no clue what they sounded like. So uh, I was surprised, and I was surprised even throughout this whole record, the things they incorporated into it. Um, like, mm-hmm. like from the first four songs, I didn't realize it'd be a, I'd hear a heavy part of a song anywhere. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I was I was I was um, I was surprised constantly throughout this. Uh, this whole record. So, uh, first off, thanks for yeah. thanks for bringing to our attention. <laughs> I'm really glad that y'all enjoyed it, and it kind of makes me happy that you didn't have any experience with them, mm-hmm. and like now you have this experience because yeah. that's how I feel about them too. Is that like every time I think I know what they're going to do, they surprise me with the next level of something, mm-hmm. and they're, mm-hmm. they're obviously I'm very impressed <laughs> by the girls. Yeah. So um, why do they fit with a, a road trip for you? So for me, um, when my mom and I would go on road trips, mm-hmm. we would always put on an Indigo Girls album. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for this one, because this song, this album came out in 1994 and I was born in 95, mm-hmm. this was like the soundtrack of my childhood nice. too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it feels there's like a sense of nostalgia to it mm-hmm. for me personally. And I also remember there was one time that I went on a road trip to Nashville and I literally played the seventh track, the Woods song, like over and <laughs> over and over again. Because there's this, like with this album, there's a sense of excitement to it, which I think road trips have. And then also mm-hmm. there's like a folkiness to it that's just so beautiful, like with fiddles and guitars mm-hmm. and vocals and harmonies and I feel like whenever we're taking a road trip, especially from the central point of Kansas City, um, you're always going to be driving through some part of the country. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Rural areas. And so I feel like this album like really just kind of brings you like to look around and see your surroundings. Yeah. When I was listening to it, I was thinking, you know, not knowing you'd been on a road trip with it, but just like the, the whole structure of how the band works works really well with like a road trip thing. Like take a road trip with somebody who also knows this album. It's like, okay, you take her parts and I'll take her parts and we'll, you know, we'll duet this. Oh, the, the, yeah. The way that their vocals are mixed <laughs> together is fucking insane. Like, 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 like I was, I was like, I was like, they sat down, they were like, this is how we're going to do it. And it was, I was, I was like uh, impressed by that. I was blown away by the way they were melding their, even when they harmonize or when they're just, just the two of them together. It's a, uh, it blew me away that part of it, you know? Um, yes. Uh, but and they are this good live too. Oh yeah, are they really? Uh, oh my god, they're so good. <laughs> well, one thing I really like about doing this podcast is I get to find new music and kind of see what some of my blind spots are. And I'm starting to realize I have a really big folk and folk rock blind spot. Mm. But with that blind spot comes all these kind of preconceived notions of what I think something is going to sound like or what's going to be part of it. And I was way off the mark when this with this one. Um, where, you know, they have a lot of, like, expanded instrumentation. And, like, 
I feel like every so often just something new and interesting would show up and it's like, they, how do they even think to incorporate like a melodica on here? Like, why is there an accordion happening right now? And <laughs> yes. Like, hey, congas showed up for a verse. And like, it, <laughs> I was just like constantly surprised at uh, how just interesting and multi layered, multifaceted this whole thing was. I, I think we should go track by track. And so I can basically talk about some of my favorite parts of the song. Um, mm-hmm. Starting with Fugitive, um, starts out pretty lush folk. Like you, you get an idea of maybe what you're getting into. But again, like I said, there's so much throughout this thing that I was constantly surprised. Um, but I'm a, I'm a word guy, so I, I grabbed to the words of this right away. Um, so I, I was trying to sort of figure out. I mean, uh, on Genius.com, uh, Amy said the song is <laughs> a love song, but also very abstract. So. Um, I was trying to look at it in that way. Like, I love lines in the song, like, uh, aching with freedom. I fucking mm. love that term. Like, it was just, it, it stuck with me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the refrain, so hide yourself for me, all for me. I was sort of trying to figure out, like, what she's trying to say with that, right? Is she trying to say, hide the bad parts of yourself for me because, I, you know, I don't want to be hurt that way? Uh, or, you know, um, or keep keep yourself hidden so I keep, try, keep trying to find you. That sort of thing. Mm, wow. Yeah. I had never thought about it that way. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, like, you know, sometimes people, they get complacent in their relationship and they stop trying. And I, I sort of looked at it that way. If it's a love song, it's kind of like that. And they're, they're going to stop trying to, you know, open, find you in that sort of way. Um, mm. And this record, the song uh, also mentions burning, which is, the term burn shows up all throughout this record. And so mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I really liked about, about Swamp Philia is, is they really made it feel like an album. Like everything together fits perfectly. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, like a lot of bands, you know, or, or artists, they'll, what they'll do is they'll, they'll say, uh, hey, we took three songs off this EP and just stuck it in this record. And I don't think Indie Girls did that. I think they said, no, this these songs belong in this record, Swamp Philia, which a great name, by the way. I fucking love the term, <laughs> Swamp Philia. So, um. <laughs> I, I really dug this song quite a bit. Um, right away, like just the, and this is this is not trying to downplay it, but the melodies in it are so lovely. It's a lovely melody in this song. Like after listening to Terra Melos, I need a little bit of a <laughs> need a little bit of salve, and I got that from from a swamp affiliate. This song in particular. Um, so, uh, I I really enjoyed the lyrics of this song. I was I was blown away by it. Me too. Oh. <laughs> this is my favorite song of all time. Oh yeah. Oh really? Yeah. It's my number one. Uh, every time, like they, they have like such a. It's so dramatic, mm-hmm. and like starts with such grit and power. And I feel like this is a really brilliant way to open an album, mm-hmm. especially after their last couple, like that were a little bit. I, I don't want to say softer because I feel like that does them a disservice because they're yeah, like, sure. um, but just a little bit less intense and like. Less energy, like, he'd say. Like, what'd you say? Less energy. Yes. Yeah. 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 With and, and different instrumentation, like this is the first time that they've come out of the door with an entire, like, essentially, like, orchestrated band. Mm-hmm. Oh There's yeah. Like, three horn players and a string section, and it's it's just gorgeous, and and I think it's a really powerful way to open the album. And every time my mom and I are in the car and we sing this song, it like when uh when they say we are fortunate ones yeah that's like 
the moment that really gets me that we're like, okay, we're on a ride here. <laughs> I'll get started. I, uh, I also like to really like the song. Uh, the line says, uh, I said, remember this is how it should be. You know, like, mm. I just, I was into that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was really taken with, uh, are they coming for us with cameras or guns? Just kind of oh, yeah, like this yeah, real, yeah. like, it, it's almost like ominous, but also like an anxious line of just like, are they coming at us because, you know, they, they like us or they love us. They want to take pictures of us or they want to kill us. Like, is it, <laughs> is it like a coming at us with love or with hate and just, uh, it was really good. Yeah. And I like the way they, they build good harmonies, but then like they, they're not always singing like together in a pretty harmony. It's like, you know, they'll show up different voices will show up at different points and it, it just adds a really interesting texture to it. Yeah, it's yeah. stuff. It's stuff I remember from music class, and, and you know, like a like from like old ass songs, like that my teacher would show me, and then the girls come along and do it awesomely, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Um, which brings us into the second track, least complicated. Which uh, th- I listened to this thing about six times, and this one that stuck with me first time. I mean, other things came in later, but this is one that I had like, a, you know, walking to you know walking to my car, this song in my head. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like. <laughs> So, uh, and when it comes to the lyrics writing on this, uh, do they go back and forth on writing lyrics? Because some of them seem abstract and some of them seem kind of on point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not sure about this particular song. I know this is written by Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually about her, her boyfriend in sixth grade named <laughs> And she, like, had this big crush on him and she bought him a ring. <laughs> and then he laughed at her for buying him a ring. Oh, so geez. it's like having to like laugh at yourself in yeah. life. Mm-hmm. So I think they probably have done some lyrical collaboration, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's a specific story and then a bigger message about just laughing at yourself in life and not real, not knowing what the equation is and being excited. About I get, I get a kind yeah. of different uh, view of it when they were talking about just you sort of like, um, but I think ju- you just wait that part where it talks about the boy and girl hurling hands on the street. I was like, <laughs> like it says, uh, you just wait, thinking like you just wait. This shit's gonna get way more complicated than you think it will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but I like the uh, it. It does like a really good job of setting just like a nice scene. Like I don't know the the looking out at kids walking home from school and all that stuff. Just it feels comfortable. Also, mm. I was really uh, the the percussion in the song changed immensely. Like you get this sort of murky sort of like plucky percussion in the beginning, and about halfway through you get the full band effect of it. And I was really into that mm-hmm. part of it, like sort of like a drum machine, the rolling 808 <laughs> drum part at the beginning, going to a straight up uh, live drum kit, which was I really interesting. And like, I, I you, it's not something you expect from a folk record, you, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, I mean, I listen to a lot of folk as it is, but, but uh, like I said, in the girls are a blind spot, but you know, like just the little things that they pay attention to that just make, that bring this over like they make it even better, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and, and I this know. was the track that had the, uh, the accordion that I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's got that weird, I think it's a guitar, but I can't quite tell. It's got this weird little guitar line in it. Mandolin. Maybe. That I really like. It might be, I can't tell. Okay. I'm trying to remember what's in this. I heard there's, but... a, I know there's a penny whistle in it. I heard that. Um, <laughs> yes. And bongos. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I really like the line. Uh, the, uh, the hardest to learn was the least complicated. Yeah. Of just this, mm-hmm. like, this idea that there's, you know, uh, maybe a very obvious message in front of you that choosing to maybe ignore what 
what I mean, the lesson might be. I feel like there, just a, if there is a lesson there, I think it's like a just a cool way of saying the hardest, the, the hardest, like like the best thing, if the right thing is the hardest thing to do. Just a better mm-hmm. way of saying the you know because I mean we've all felt that way, like whether it be you know lessons in life or just even looking at the guitar, like like this should be so easy for me, but I'm struggling, you know, like like <laughs> yes. So yes. um, but uh yeah, I like this has a lot of um scene setting like ryan was saying that i really enjoyed it um and yeah the song uh i like i said this was this had the biggest hook for me like like when i first heard it (laughs) um what's else happening here i guess we can move on to the next one right yeah language or the kiss yeah which was a beautiful song by the way this one, this one, I think, pulled a little bit of a, a sneaky on me because it started and I was like, oh, it's like a piano ballad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, the guitars took over and I was like, wait, when did the guitars get here? Yeah. I could have, like, I think I wrote down piano and by the time I got done writing down piano, the guitars were there and I was like, oh, well, that's already, that's yeah. already wrong. <laughs> this resolved itself, yeah. Um, I I wrote down a few little funny things. Like she said, um, I don't know if, I w- if it was real or in a dream. Like lately waking up, I'm not sure where I've been. I'm like, was she blackout drunk or uh, like, like, like that was, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I, I dig the, um, the vocal and airplane in this song quite a bit. Like mm-hmm. they did a bunch of that in this song and, uh, like, you know, going in thinking it's a piano battle and it's not really it's just three verses, you know, like, like again, not tr- no real chorus to this, which, um, which one, like this record for me, I it was it was rewarding in each subsequent listen. You know, I just different things about it each time I listen to it, and I think that if, for someone to appreciate this album the fullest, like give it more than one listen for sure, because you're gonna get mm-hmm. you get rewarded out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And this song especially, which didn't grab me at first, but the third time listening, I was like, yeah, fucking language of the kiss. <laughs> like I was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Let's cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right that their vocals in this one are, are really beautiful because they're so exposed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's showing that they're also masterful harmony writers and singers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Harmonizers. And something that I really like that I feel like you don't see a lot in bands is having a strong lower harmony. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like you'll have like all the upper stuff and like you'll do some layering, but they are so firm in their duet writing and having Amy just like be this really like warm lower harmony that just like roots you mm-hmm. in the song. That's what oh, I for really sure. What I got about this song uh, also is I got just the fear of being alone because you're too caught up with your own shit. Like, um, like mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a love song for sure. But, you know, I see this as, oh, the fear I've known that I might read the praise of strangers and then end up on my own. I just sort of got, like, like personal feelings of, of you know, pushing yourself to the limit when it comes to being a musician or whatever you do in life because it's universal in me. Um, and not sort of – and not nurturing the relationships you have with someone or, or mm-hmm. missing it in some way. Even even when it says uh, unforgiving the choice is still the language or the kiss. You know, this the, the thesis of the song. The name of the mm-hmm. song. So, uh, yeah. like, for example, I'm ho- alone in a hotel room tonight. Squeeze the sky blue, but there's not a star appears. When earlier in the song, they were talking about looking at the sky and studying the stars. You know, like, um, I, I really love, you know, like uh, I was mentioning before how it's an album. But to me, like, uh, like th- there are a lot of artists. They'll, they'll write a line. 
it'll come back a month later and write a different line to a song. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the rest of the song, but I didn't get that mm. from this. And this one altogether is is a con- compact piece, and uh, mm-hmm. every line it's cohesive, you're cohesive, yeah. So every line ties to stuff that could have been earlier in the beginning of the song. So I was really into that part of it. Man, I have a mm-hmm. lot to say about this. Like, <laughs> <get a little laughs> here. No, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, something here that you don't really see too often, uh, but I really like. There's like an acoustic guitar solo. Yeah, mm. it's like most people would default to just like, all right, we're gonna you know plug a guitar in and do a a cool little electric guitar solo. But I really like the way the acoustic guitar sounded on here. And then you've got again the expanded instrumentation. You've got like a vibraphone, maybe some like hand cymbals, a marimba. It's like some <laughs> low drums that are in the mix there that I couldn't quite figure out. Um, no, but yeah, part, of the, part, I, of the, I really part of the fun was figuring out what was on this record, like on the, the instruments yes. that played each song. You know, like that was part of the fun to me. Um, we can move on to reunion, which it's like it's whatever. It's got. <laughs> I did the speed of this one. It sort of brings in energy, injects energy after that slow sort of song we had. Language of the Kiss and brings it back mm-hmm. to it. A little more, uh, a little more like upbeat yeah. and almost like a rocker. Yeah, like a rocker. Um, I this song to me also had a, to me it had a um, another uh, touch on freedom. That the yes. term. So like again, going freedom to, of the road maybe. Freedom of the road. Uh, got nothing to hide. <laughs> but like to it's me, so like, fun to be free. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so like, well, that's what I got from from this whole record is that. They're saying they're, they're um, a theme of freedom is also on this record. Sort of the, I guess the uh, privilege to be yourself. And um, I was I was super drawn to that part of it. Um, again with the repeated listens, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so I also like the the term. Um, oh yeah, because faith is one thing that is hard to deliver. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. the the way that was um, sung in the verse three when they have like like the way that they're each doing sort of a different line. Like when they're singing it, I was into that too. Um, but yeah, this is, yeah, I got nothing to hide on this one. I loved it. <laughs> I love the, I have no need for anger for intimate strangers. <laughs> I, I feel like this is like also like a release song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm free of this person that, or like I'm free of this entity that has bothered me. It's like, it's her fuck you song, you know? Yeah. Like, like I, I was getting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was getting like maybe free from a, like, you know, societal or group pressures to kind of like round the edges off of yourself and not quite be the full you. And it definitely feels like, you know, she's like, I can, this is me. This is, this is how I am. And I'm happy to be that. Yes. And I also don't... more expanded instrumentation. This one's got a bazooki. I don't know <laughs> what. <laughs> I, I was reading what it was, uh, but I think it's that kind of, that uh, bowed instrument that shows up near the end of the song. Um, sounds really cool. Just nice uh, texture that they add to it. Which brings us into Power of Two. Um, not my favorite song on the record, um, but uh, it's got a lot in it for sure. Um, uh, no need for really percussion in the beginning, but it comes in later. Uh, I did. Um, I, when it says sort of like, um, I got like a the the message I'm going through the lyrics of this song, where it talks about like, um, it says uh, adding up the total the total total that's love that's true, multiply life by the power of two. Well, I think this one is like a road trip song. It's got a lot of road imagery in it, along with math and uh, uh, imagery. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, the method. But I was yeah. getting from this a like a stronger lasting relationship will show up through, you know, kind of taking the you know, taking it slower, but you know, working through, you know, maybe problems, roadblocks, hang-ups, things like that. You get that line about a road that's fan and fast leads to a fatal crash. Mm. I also the bridge one talks about um, you know, uh all the shiny little trinkets and temptations, something that is that old. And uh I'm talking about fool's gold saying basically like nothing compares to you and that I you know, like what we have is true. Which uh, everything you have with these other people that's that's not true. Love. You know, like like that's what mm-hmm. I got from this song, which I uh, I have a difficult I I have complicated feelings of saying that, like trying to figure that out. because uh, I don't wanna it's kinda it's kind of in it. But um, I do like this song quite a bit. Um, it's uh, it's a lot to think about, you know. And I like the harmonica yeah. too. I hear harmonica. Yeah. That's played by Amy. Amy plays the harmonica really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, this song is like, it's very, uh, it's a deep cut, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, girls, you love this song. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely like, even as a a, a loving listener, this song. There's like it's clever you mm-hmm. know that's i think that was like it's like emily's moment where she's like whoa look at this amazing lyric that i wrote that's also <laughs> related to math <laughs> <laughs> so i i think the verses really speak the the heaviest mm-hmm. in, I agree. lyrically in this like um the steel bars between me and a promise suddenly bend with ease. Oh, yeah, some uh, yeah communication with with whoever you're with, which is good 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 advice regardless. You know, like yes, yeah. yes. But I think the true like gem of this song is a the melody and b the gorgeous guitar playing. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we can move on to my favorite song on the record, "Touch Me Fall." Yes. Well, only if we can move on to my favorite song of the record, uh, Touch and We Fall. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts out with the all skate, now reverse. I, I was thinking a skating rink, obviously. Um, but, but, um, mm-hmm. but this song, it, to me, like when what's referred to in the song, we had the breakdown, <laughs> where like you get like this, you get this really beautiful um, verse chorus and. Uh, in you know about you know touch me I'm so beautiful like that sort of thing Cypress Moon Ball and June great imagery, and then of course the Swamp of I'm torn down like like comes straight from the song, and then it takes a left turn into Rockville. <laughs> you get yes! to, and you get that breakdown which I fucking loved. Um, I I almost fought with putting it in the sampler because I don't want to give it away, but I loved it so much that I had to put it in mm-hmm. the sampler. Um, so I uh. It's got this dirty guitar. It's up, but um, and this is not a slag on it. It's very '90s sounding. But that's not a slag at all. Um, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I love, I love that guitar. It's like this, like I, I, re- I mean, Swamp is in the, uh, you know, the name of the whole album. But it felt like swampy. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this, like tremolo-y guitar. It's, it's just, it's really cool. I love yeah. that sound. Me and Ryan, we love, uh, we love talking about ugly sounds. We love ugly sounds, and there's some ugliness on that, and it's uh, it's awesome. We love it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of yes. that stank face, like, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I feel like this is, like, there's a couple songs in previous records where Amy is, like, really showing her rock side, mm-hmm. but this is, like, I for me, it feels like the first moment that she's, like, 
I am a punk. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and she like talks about how um, she wrote this one song um, called Land of Canaan and on her previous album. And she thought it was going to be a ballad. And then she heard the replacements and then it was like this banger yeah. of a song. And I feel like she was like starting to get introduced to people like Joan Jett yeah. and other rockers. And she's just like started getting immersed in that. And mm-hmm. it's funny, like from this song, the progression keeps going up and now like she's got a solo album. That's completely like, really grungy punk <laughs> that's cool it's i'll amazing. have to check that out for sure well i always feel like i feel like punk and folk at least in you know on their more like political sides like they kind of fit in the same also, spectrum also like one yeah. of the things i i was grew up listening to punk myself uh and and uh you know i got into bob dylan folk that sort of side to me they're both uh, they both have a side about purity you know like 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 uh something that's so primal right right down to the Bare bones. So I think punk and folk, honestly, I think they 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 fit both sides of the coin when it comes to purity or sort of like the idea of what music can sound like, you know. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like to, I was easily like when Ryan was saying politically, um, when it comes to matters that mean to everyone, sort of universal. I think punk and folk fit both fit both that, and uh. Mm. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. And they're not really that well formed on it. But, um. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Like each of those genres is really like trying to be unapologetically honest. Mm-hmm. And yeah, genu- like genuine. Yeah. 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 I also so really- the idea of purity is like it's pure and raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a better and way. It's kind of like anyone, anyone can do it. I think. Oh yeah. You know, they're, uh, like at least like surface level stuff is like punk. You you know three chords, you can get up there and do a punk song. Yeah, if you know, if you if you pretty know, similar with folk, you know you know a couple of chords on the acoustic guitar, you get up there and yeah. sing your heart out. You can do a, a song with G D minor and C. <laughs> like, like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I, I, Speaking I, of G D minor and C, <laughs> what song? <laughs> <laughs> so this has a fiddles and guitar. Like, it starts out with a fiddle, like. And you know, you say violin. I remember I actually was asking about violin in a pawn shop, and this guy like, "Do you see it as a fiddle?" I'm like, "Yeah, the fiddle's more like a way of playing as opposed to calling it, like correcting me on what this instrument is." But uh, yeah, you know, he's telling you the kind of music you're allowed to play. Yeah, on yeah, it. yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> what did you stack? I was, but um, fiddle and guitar. Uh, and um, I I love the line. Of the song it says, "My friends of I, my friends and I had a tough time," which sort of this idea of of a, a group of people that had a tough time, maybe uh, the community she's in. Uh, I, the Wood song is great. It's a great song and it's, it's, it's inspiring, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. I got that too. Um, what did I write down about this? Uh, yeah, this talks about faith again to me. This yeah. idea of faith and not necessarily like a, you know, like the, uh, the holy faith, but a, a faith in a group of people, you know, or who you're with, which is a, which is something hard, sometimes hard to do, having to someone that you don't know that well, or faith in someone that you've never seen something that faith worthy in it. Um, mm. But I was, uh, yeah, this song is killer. It's a killer song. Um, like I said, there was a time where I listened to this particular song. I would venture to say for six hours straight. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I listened to like a live version of it, but it's just, it's beautiful. I think it's a really it's a story song and like you're saying it's talking about faith mm-hmm. and I, 
one of the most pivotal moments of the song is the key change in the center. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so the whole song is in G, and then all of a sudden they go to A. <laughs> and the lyrics are, sometimes I ask to sneak a closer look to skip to the final chapter of the book. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Um, and so it's like you're looking ahead to the next moment, but then it's like everything that you wanted was already there, and it's like we needed these moments to get us where we are. And then this moment where Amy, they've done this twice where, or maybe three (laughs) times in a couple of songs where um, Emily sings most of the song. And then she gives Amy this moment in her own song where Amy goes into her upper register and just, Blows us all away. It's like I literally get chills thinking about it. Like, oh yeah, it's like a like a vocal solo almost. Yeah, literally. And she says, um, "The crust, the question drowns in its futility. Even I have got to laugh at me. No one gets to miss the storm of what will be. We're just holding on for the ride." Oh and yeah, like this big, huge, beautiful moment. Like you're saying, Chris, of faith, of like that. We just have to trust the ride. We have to trust. Wave. Also, this, mm-hmm. this song also surprise. It's always worth the rocky ride. Uh, also, yes. what I got from this song also uh, is the the need for pain to grow. Like mm-hmm. uh, I, I may have been looking too deep into it, but I got sort of like um, it says um, and then maybe serious clear from some pain it took to this where we are this far. But then it says no one gets to miss the storm. What will be? So like 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 as much you try to avoid pain or uh, shy away from it. You'll experience it, but you're gonna learn something from it. And I, mm-hmm. I, I again, um, I could be reading too deep into it. that's what I got from this song, uh, the wood, the wood song, which again, a cohesive song all together. You know, everything, yeah. uh, everything ties together. And I was, like I was saying, I was really surprised by, by, the thoughtfulness of all the lyrics in this. You know, um, and not not that yeah. saying I'm not saying uh, any girl seems that because obviously can't. I just didn't know what to expect. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was really taken by the uh, the drums on this song and the album where I feel like there's maybe like an obvious beat he could have played on this. You know, mm-hmm. you just kind of do like a you know a hi-hat snare thing, but it's, you know, it's a little more kind of focused on the snare and rolly. Like it it was just a little, a little left of what I was uh, expecting when the drums came in to be doing. And I, think and I really that, that's liked that. A, it's, it's all surprising. It's also definitely a choice made. It's not like, like, like it's not like, uh, make a beat and go with it. it's like no I want the I want the drum sound this way and that's like mm-hmm. because it's not obvious and that's what this whole record is no, it's obvious it's just good so um, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you all think so yeah uh, moving on to mystery uh, I really like this song too um, it's a uh, got bongo Scott bazooki <laughs> um, uh, uh, gotta have bazooki yeah and um, <laughs> I uh I, I really like some of the lines in here. Like, uh, like uh, for example, it talks about taking certain roads. Uh, no matter which road you took then, I, I was in the, into that. Like, sort of what I got from this, uh, it's it's basically about two people who are opposite each other, but being attracted, sort of like, um, oh, you set your place in my thoughts, moved in and made my thinking crowded. You know, like, mm-hmm. why am I thinking about this person who I should not be attracted to at all, you know? Um but you know, for example, like uh, maybe equal. I, I do like the. Why did you spend this time with me? Maybe an equal mis- mystery. I just this song is cute. <laughs> I guess yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it's a cute it's song. It's like a very classic love song mm-hmm. too. Like I, I know a lot of like 
my parents and my parents' friends that like really felt this song like really beautifully. Yeah. And I, I think it's just an ode to love. It's yeah. it's a pretty straightforward one. Yeah, straightforward. There's not yeah. there's not a whole lot to uh, unpack with this one. Uh, it's a good song. It's cute. <laughs> but, but we put it on the. <laughs> but again, it's like it's it's not hard. I guess as we put it, like like you can sort of listen to it and understand it right away. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But I do like the approach they take on it. It's mm-hmm. not just like I love you and we're perfect for each other. It's a lot more like why is this working? You know, you've got I've my heart's the red sun. Yours is the clouded moon. Clouded. Yeah, I like the oh the and pirate just, gets the. Ship I, I think that's the, an interesting yeah. way to approach it. Of this like we're kind of opposite energies that are working well. Why is this happening? Is should it happen? Are you feeling this? <laughs> I do like, I like first I was gonna mention the pirate gets a ship and the girl tonight. I was like I was like I had this idea of just a buccaneer, you know, like 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 swing across the ropes of a ship. Um but <laughs> but yeah I also had some things like better like for example um there must be a thousand things you would die for. I can hardly think of two but I, the, not everything is better spoken out loud. I'm like is she, is she holding her tongue like around this person? Like, like, uh, because they're so opposite, you know, but, um, but yeah, this song was, this was a good song. I enjoyed mystery. It it's sort of mm-hmm. a, a, a minor track, but, uh, underrated, you know, like, uh, I guess. I don't, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's, I think it's a poem. Okay. You no. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Moving on to dead man's hill. The, um, I read the experience that Amy had. When writing the song, which she would inspired it, and that that just that that broke my heart because um yeah uh, about the cat cats on fire, which is just horrible to think about. Um, but the way she, but the the song itself also, um, it's it's strangely um inspirational. Yeah, you know, sort of taking the horrible traumatic experience she had and sort of saying like like um remember this, but you know it just sort of I don't know. It's it, it was yeah. I, yeah, like I love the line. This is no what. This is what I know of shame forever. You know, um, mm. so yeah, the, the song. The song did tear me up though. It was one of the songs that really uh, hit me close. Yeah, same. Yeah, especially just knowing the knowing the um, inspiration of it. That that was like, for example, I remember cats on fire. I was like, God damn. Um, I got kid cats behind me somewhere, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah mine are within view. <laughs> Oh yeah, one was, one was a guest at the beginning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dead Man's Hill. Uh, this was it. Also had a sort of driving sound to it, like like um, it was loud, not hard but loud. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it felt a little. I mean, it had you know pretty dark lyrics and stuff on it, but it had like a darker feel to it mm-hmm. as well, similar to uh, you know, touch touch me and fall. Yeah, kind of sinister feel to it. Yeah, I got that too. Mm-hmm. Even with the name Dead Man's Hill, yeah. Again, writing, I don't know if they wrote the lyrics before or after, but it makes sense after to sort of, mm-hmm. after, you know, to write this music around the sort of dark feel of the song. Right. Um, again, uh, we all have our ways of writing songs. They're all different, so I'm not going to harp on that too much. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they do something really cool. I believe it's in the, yeah, it's in verse two, um, where like low in the mix of voices kind of showing up and like speaking the lyrics yeah. as she's singing them. And then it, you know, it comes a little more higher. It comes higher in the mix a little later on, but just that effect of it. It's almost like someone's like whispering it to you. 
Yeah, was, I thought that was really cool because for uh, the first few lines, I was like, is, "Am I hearing that? Is that actually?" <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I was like, "Is there an headphones? ad on my computer?" <laughs> like, like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, which moves us on the fairly well, which is kind of a ballad song. It's very cute. I mean, it's very um quiet. It's a uh, it's soft spoken. It's it's a poem. You know, like you were saying, Eddie. To me, it's a poem. Uh, it's also a love song or, or like a breakup song, sort of. I got from fairly well, you know. Yeah, um, I I kind of viewed it as also like a morning song, like a, a grief song. Oh yeah, it could mm-hmm. be about loss for sure. I put that. And again, this this someone mentions burning a lot. You know, like a mm-hmm. like a this talks about that throughout the whole record. I really gravitate to repeated phrases and um and words and you know when it comes to a theme of it. So yeah, I got I got I wrote down either breakup or loss. You know, losing to someone. And even in this one, it could be, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get too personal myself, but, you know, I've had, I've had friends that um, the last time I saw them or anyone saw them wasn't a good memory, you know, mm. and sort of, and sort of, so when they're gone or they've uh, passed and you don't, that last memory you have them is not a good one. It can sort of get you in a fucked up mood. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, you have complicated feelings about it, you know, and so uh, sort of, I get some of that from this, but it sort of seems like it, this, uh, the narrator song has a love this person even if they had their problems with them, you know? And so that's what I was getting with that. Um, yeah, there's that a uh, uh, couple of lines of, uh, and now I think of having loved and having lost, but never know what it's like uh, to never love. Uh, it's like, who can say what's better? Yeah. Mm. I think, like, you can't have both. You can't have not loved and you can't have loved and lost in the, you know, same kind of life experience or the tongues of fire, you know, like, what does that mean? You know, is it, Mm. is it like, like passion or is it, or is it pain? You know, like, again, there's a lot to, it's a universal message. And so it's a, I can, I can see this song being cathartic for anyone, you know, including myself, you know, I had thoughts of, you know, a friend or, or two that, you know, no longer here and hearing the mm-hmm. song made it, you know, I'm not alone in these feelings, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people listen to music. I'm sure everyone on the podcast, they, when they listen to music, they also, when they don't want to feel alone, you know? So like you have some artists that can sometimes say things better than you could say it, you know? And I get that from this song. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this one's a- definitely a deep cut mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's one that i don't listen to very often i usually skip it because it makes me cry <laughs> yeah <laughs> and this is more of like a uh like an album sequencing thing yeah but i i feel like this may have would have been a good like ending track i don't know i don't know how you guys feel about it, like ending on you do end on like a, a rock and big bombastic song or you end on you know something Calm. Do you? I mean, this is it's a goodbye song. Yeah. Do you end on a goodbye song? Yeah, I, I feel like that they did the right call by doing this train revised as the last song, yeah. so you're not fucking completely destroyed when you turn it off. Yeah. Like, 
Like, uh, this but re- then you don't have. If this was at the end, then Addy wouldn't have to skip any songs. Oh, that's true. They could just stop early. Stop the yeah. That's true. They could stop. <laughs> but this during the rise is a great song to skip to. Oh yeah, yeah it's so good. <laughs> this, this song rocks. It's it's a fucking rocking song. Uh, it, it, it's it's fiery. You know, like there's you know it's about the Holocaust. Like uh, right away and sort of like mm-hmm. they did keep the lyrics dark oh, for yeah. you know the last uh last few tracks. But it's so it's so immediate this song, you know, like um, like right away, like and you know uh, the instrumental, all, all, this song you hear the anger and the uh, and the sort of like, you know, sort of turns like skin and bone, piss and blood, the sort of, you know, metal parts of of, of you know like of lyrics. But it's 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 uh you know, I I think I've been to the Holocaust Museum in DC actually before. Um, oh really? Yeah, like like I was like thirteen or fourteen went to. DC and Dale, the DC things people do, like the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. went to the uh, Holocaust Museum, and you know it's it's horrifying seeing this, and you, and you know this was done in 1993 or four, right? Four, and so like you think about, I mean, you didn't think you have to talk about Nazis now in 2022, you know, almost 2022, but you do, and so even thinking about this, it's 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 still so topical, you know? Yeah. Um, the chorus bound, the train's bound for glory, just. Just this sort of snarkiness and um and sort of saying like um sort of like it's it's so badass the anger and it's so palatable too, mm-hmm. um, and it, it was done in a uh, not in a sort of uh, fucking like callous ways. It's real anger and it's real genuine, you know. They're really eloquent with their anger yeah. too. Because oh, absolutely. Their career has been focused on uplifting Native American voices mm-hmm. and kind of amplifying what has happened to the LGBT community and also to Native American communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they do a really good job, like telling people what's happening and why it's horrible and what they can do, but also not centering it on themselves. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. they do a really good job just bringing it to light. And so this, I think this is like the first moment where they're like, okay, this is something that we're going to do in our music and in our songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one had just the absolutely devastating line of, uh, here's potential gone for good. Yeah. And just, you know, there's that list of just people and then, you know, what they're, what they're missing, a thing that would, uh, you know, let them be able to do the things that they want to do would like to do. And there's an instrumental break that has this really toward violin line, um, that, that including the sampler because it really like uh, again talking about cohesiveness of songs, like it brings you into that and like it, it ends with the train is bound for glory, um, and and again the interplay of the um, the vocals like you hear both of them saying different things like here is healer stacked like wood, um, all the stuff, uh, mm-hmm. it it kept you engaged the whole time, and if you. And if you're one of those people that is ignorant to these type of things, I think this would probably bring you up, at least pique your interest in saying what actually happened. You know what I mean? Like, right. So it's it's a great closing track to me. The train revised. It's it's fantastic. And it, it's I, a great album. Uh, yeah, it's a great album. Yay. <laughs> so I, I can't thank you enough for bringing this album to our attention. I <laughs> liked it, and I hope you hear more of their albums because they're yeah. Where where do we go next from here? Ooh, um, if you want something that's like a little harder than anything they've really done, I would definitely uh, suggest their album Shaming of the Sun. Okay. Um, it's 
it's their like their grunge album. Okay, cool. It's really, but it's really powerful. And so a lot of similar elements and big songs. I'm gonna write that down real quick. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Yeah, cool. All right. Um, so (laughs) moving on to my trick, uh, I picked less than Jake's border and boundaries. Uh, less than Jake are a Scott punk band uh, starting way back in 1994. I'm looking at this stuff because I'm not quite sure. Uh, 92. That was the same year. 92. Wow. So they're old (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) So let's, uh, I, I, uh, I grew up listening to punk and ska, so uh, I'm very well versed with early um, Lesson Jake. They had a, a breakthrough hit in 1996 with Hell or Rock um, which was like their first major release. And then they put out Boards and Boundaries, which we're about to get to. But uh, they, the members, uh, like main members, that stuck with a long time Chris DeMake, um, Roger Lima, Buddy Shaw, JR, and Matt Yonker. Uh, um, and, um, this is not the first record I got into them with. The first one I got into them was Losing Streak, but this is the one that... So, obviously, I'm picking Road Trip Records um, twice. Two things. So you look at the cover. There's It's a map, right? But two, mm-hmm. I actually listened to this when I was 13 in the car with my grandparents on a trip to Florida. Right? So, um, <laughs> like, it was on Good. my headphones. So, like, it was one of the few things that brought me was this record in my CD player. So I'd stick on my headphones, sit out the window when we fall asleep, but this record was on all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we all picked records that like we had actually taken road trips with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah it's just, it makes it also easier just to pick something. And so uh, I, I, I kind of regret taking it because I listen to it now and I don't like it near as much as I did when I was 13, but it's still a fun punk record. Um, but uh, you know what? I'm just saying, I'm going to play the sample and then we'll get into a bit more. So uh, this is less than Jake's. Border and boundaries.
There we go. Uh, listen to Exploring Boundaries. Um, I'm really curious to hear what you two thought of it. I think this album is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so much fun, for yeah. one. And I feel like it's just joyful. Mm-hmm. And I am also, I'm like, I looked into this band a little bit and I was like sad to read that this is the last album with their horn players. Yeah. Because, oh, really? oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Their <laughs> horn players are A, incredible, and B, like the, the instrumentation is really cool because like everybody has a moment to shine, mm-hmm. but they treat their horn players like guitar players. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, they're writing. The thing I I, uh, I like this record. Um, the thing I had I think that I was kind of upset with when I first heard it, uh, being familiar with the cool stuff, is they call it ska punk, but the, the ska is almost non-existent on this. Like like you know, yeah, the, I think you get like maybe two ska songs. Yeah, like the, in this upstroke. But again, this is a fun punk record though. If you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, but I think as far as like a road trip record goes, this one works really well because it's it's catchy, it's it's fun, it you know has that kind of light vibe atmosphere to it. And you, you know, you sing along with your friends while you're cruising around. Yeah, it was, plus the first half of the record has kind of like a road trip theme. Yeah, there's lots of a little bit. Like I feel like all the tracks are like hometown, driving around, yeah. doing this stuff. Yes. Yeah, and one of the things that listen Jake that I also um, appreciate as opposed to a lot of the bands around that time, uh, emo bands is a uh, like, I'm not saying I appreciate songs about relationships because I do, but this is one of the few bands that I was listening to at the time that their songs were not really about relationships. They were about, you know, just life. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You know, it also makes it less problematic when you're listening to it today. <laughs> you used to listen to some pop punk songs. Oh, like, yeah. What the fuck were they talking about? That's, that's yeah, funny. We've, uh, we hit a spring of like a uh, pop punk albums that were uh, that we were listening to on the show, and it's like every single one was just like, "This makes me uncomfortable." Like <laughs> this guy has a really bad opinion about women and what he thinks he's owed and all this stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, I'm happy yeah, they're just talking about how lame their hometown is or how cool it is. <laughs> I'll take that. I know this is refreshing. Like I I grew up listening to punk too, and like. I'm like diehard My Chemical Romance. And yeah, that shit sure. is dark. Uh, you know? Like there's uh, there's a lot of pain. And this is like nice that this is just like real life, like like nice and fun, but also punk at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> Me and Ryan, we uh, did a uh, episode a couple what, months ago. What was it? The one where we talked about MCR? What episode was that? Do you remember? Oh, gosh. Uh I do not remember. Okay, well, well so I, bad. Yeah, we used, we talked through uh, three shoes sweet uh, for sweet revenge, and I had a hard time keeping the track like the, the sample of below three minutes because there's so many parts of that record I wanted to bring in because that that record is also devastating. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we're talking. Listen, Jake. That, <laughs> the one is not bad. <laughs> no. Um. So uh, it was really easy to make a, a sample of this because there's a hook in every song. Every single song in this record has a hook. And it's mm-hmm. and you know I learned these are some guitarists just playing bar chords or power chords. I can't figure out a lot of this record, which is part of the reason I love punk because anyone can learn how to play it. But writing good songs is a different thing to learn, and there's right. most, most of these songs are good songs. Um, but yeah, it's just want to go through track by track. Yeah, that's oh, okay. Uh, starting with Magnetic North, Scott Punk at its most distilled. That's what I put down. <laughs> uh, it. Uh, the thing about about Les and Jake and their lyrics also is that is that they're not, they're he's pretty much saying like it's 
<laughs> we've uh, talked shit on Biscuit because the Fred Durst is such an awful songwriter. Um, because the weird he writes, are, they they're not much. They're not. They're just on the surface. They mean exactly what they're saying. There's nothing deep to read into. Um, now uh, the, the the singer for Less than Jake or the the lyricist is different because he writes actually good songs, but the, the, they don't mean much more than what they're saying. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like when we were listening to uh, um, uh, Indigo Girls, you could I read a lot into what they were saying. I could come up with different things, but when it comes to this record and most of the songs on it, what uh, Chris is singing is really what he's singing. <laughs> like there's nothing, mm-hmm. nothing to do in this. And this one is just talking about, Hey, we're all the same, you know, like no matter how we try to separate ourselves from other people, we're all hypocrites. We're all <laughs> misanthropes, you know, yeah, but don't, don't judge me for what you yourself are doing. Yeah. Like we're, they hate me, but we're all the same. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like, you know, you can be a hypocrite and misanthrope, but you, you know, we're still people. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, but it's it's a good song to open up with, with that little bassline, doom, 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 and it sort of introduce you to what really the whole record sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it's a it, uh, Chris. We've got like five minutes left with Eddie, so I want to make sure we, we oh. hit all these tracks. Okay. So let's go at let's go at pop punk speed. Okay, so we can get through. It. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Kiho, great song. Um. Uh, yeah, I one thing I did notice on this track and maybe throughout the whole album. Uh, horn, horns were really cool, but I think they might have been mixed like a little too high. So it's like sometimes when they showed up, I felt like they were drowning out some of the the other things, and I was losing the interplay between the music. But I liked that the horns were there. Yeah, agreed. Okay, <laughs> let's move on <laughs> to Suburban Myth. Suburban Great Myth. Great song title. Yeah, these songs. Yeah, yeah. This. Uh, I mean, this one actually has the um, the the ska song. This is like part ska, just a little bit. Um, yep, you've got the you know the upstroke guitar horns, and the horns uh, like have this almost bagpipe feel to them. Yeah. Oh yeah, perfectly, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I really appreciated that. It's got hand claps. It's oh, got. Dude, I love uh, hand claps. They're talking <laughs> about you know like going on a destination. Like I think this is the road trip song, at least for me on this album. It's you know two singers singing, you and your buddy in the car driving back to your hometown, clapping hands. You know. Yeah, <laughs> just fun times. One thing that really quick says it says where I got chased by the cops. There's a line there. There are lines on Barry Less and Jake's records that make the lead singer sound like a complete scumbag. Talking about breaking into people's houses, I'm like, uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and like like being fucked up on cocaine in people's houses. But we're going to move on because that's yeah. Uh, look what happened. The single off the record. Um, uh, and, and I felt like this one was like a companion piece to the previous track, just kind of like looking at going back to your hometown in a different way. Like we're going there. This is going to be awesome. Remember when we did this and then you show up and you're like, Oh, it's kind of different. <laughs> a little trivia on this song. This song was recorded for the next record Anthem, which came out on the major label, not fat wreck like this one was. And they took the horns out and I was like, what the fuck? I know. Bummer. Yeah, I know. Travesty, yeah. Honestly. I saw your face and I could tell like you were upset by that. <laughs> The drummer said about this song that um, he said, this is feeling like you're busting out to leave. And I I really agree with that. The the inciting incident for going on your road trip. Yes. Um, Hell looks a lot like L.A., a song about leaving town. Like these two people. And then there being a lot of traffic. (laughs) (laughs) You went to L.A. just recently, right? 
Yeah, there was a lot of traffic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a cool song. It's a, but you know it's about you know, leaving town and sort of leaving everything behind and sort of trying to start anew. Cool. Uh, <laughs> moving on, Mr. Chevy Celebrity, my favorite song on the record. Um, Is Mark Crusey a real person? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, <Okay>. but, but <laughs> it's I, probably I, really mad. Here's the, here's the thing. I, I've had friends like this, like like people that mm-hmm. I would not invite over to my place now. Um, but uh, Mark Crusa, uh, I don't know if you had friends like this, like, you know, the, your parents are like, here comes trouble. Like that this person is actually the here comes trouble person. Like, like, like you mm-hmm. feel like they're going to bring trouble along with them. Uh, they, they talk about him in sort of a fun way. This guy's like, a, he drinks a lot. And he's, he's a jackass and we love him. I don't get that. This guy would not be invited to my place. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want my neighbors. I don't want the kids called cops calling me because this dude's beating up my mailbox and pissing in my front yard. So, um, uh, but you know, if if he's trying to leave with his keys, I'll let him crash on my couch at the very least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Gainesville Rock City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like almost like a little like metal riff on it, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and you sort of think Detroit Rock City, sort of like metal kiss type thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I wrote Traveling Punk Song. That's what I put on there. Uh, and that's where they got the album cover, because the album cover is a map of Gainesville. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Huh. Yeah. Sadly, I'll uh, have to take a closer I look at it. I kinda I kinda hate Florida. <laughs> so like like I'm like, well, yeah, I'd want to leave fucking Gainesville as well. Like sort that's of That's hilarious that you were listening to this on a road trip to Florida. I know, I know, I know. And you're like, Florida. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were going to uh fucking Orlando, I think. My grandparents did some Kiwanis Club thing, and uh, mm. yeah, I I bought this at a, a Sam Goody, I think, along with <laughs> along with the Ramones compilation record, and oh, no effects is punk and Drublik, so look at that. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, we can move on. The malt liquor tastes better when you've got problems. I gotta be honest, I don't think malt liquor tastes good at any point. So <laughs> that's just me. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, and that's just a song about. I guess alcoholism, being, having a full time job of being drunk and, and uh, being, being poor. Cause I've, I've been, yeah. I've been there uh, out of my house and like, man, I can't do shit. Like, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, then we went to bad scene, a basement show, uh, a song about a guy who cannot get his mind off this girl that just dumped him. Mm hmm. Got a, got a catchy chorus. Mm-hmm. We are going to this punk street. So, um, yeah. Uh, is this, uh, is this thing on, uh, you know, trying to connect with people, but it's not quite working because they're not feeling like they're being heard. Mm. We all feel that way. Right? Like, like this person's not hearing me, right? You go to someone, they're like, they're waiting for their turn to speak. And like, I do, I want you to listen to me. Like, I'm, do you hear this thing? I, I want to connect. I want some sort of solace and you're not giving it, dude. Or, you yeah. know, or whatever. Um, Peter Jackson is getting married. Or Pete Jackson, not the director. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know uh, if it's the Lord of the Rings guy no, or it's not. It's actually they're they're yeah. the, the horn players. They changed. The, oh, you know, okay. They didn't want his name of the song, so they changed it to Pete Jackson, some guy they knew in Australia. Um, yeah, and this is why I'm pretty sure, like, the reason like Pete Jackson left the band was oh yeah of, like his new phase in life. So this is like they're all kind of like mad at him. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you there's a lot of like I don't think this marriage is gonna work out kind of thing. Or or like he's getting married. It's not, that's not punk to get married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 1989. 
Uh, yeah, kind of stuck in the past, but also, you know, like, no. wasting time. He's kind of been, here's you know, he problem. hasn't followed any of his plans since the year 1989. Here's the problem. I'm I'm 35, right? So I'm old, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, it made me feel, because this song was written in 1999. It says, I can't believe 10 years have gone by. So I'm thinking about now in 1999, how fucking long ago that was. And it kills me <laughs> in a bad way. I just want to, like, God, I'm fucking old as fuck now and i you know it's just it hurts me <laughs> but, no. that, but it's okay um, i'm still i'm still trying to listen to me, new music so that's okay with me um but yeah i wrote down jesus i'm old <laughs> that's all i wrote about this song <laughs> when it comes to the notes on this one it's a catchy song though you know talking about plans that you have for every year that never materialize uh whether you because you just can't like you know like you Sometimes people make a New Year's resolution resolution because they know they're going to break it. You know? Mm. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> Again, I'm old. What do I know? <laughs> um, uh, uh, last hour of the last day of work. Uh, finger snaps show up, which I love. I love um, finger snaps. Like, uh, honestly, I'm going to say this real quick. I think more songs need more hand claps and more finger snaps automatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, w- like, why the fuck not? You know, like, they need to be there. <laughs> Yeah, it's very it's human. like yeah it's like immediate fun it's how you add more fun to your track um anybody can join in you know like not yeah. everybody can sing but everybody can snap exactly uh i really like the line when ambition turns into competition uh oh gosh my handwriting uh, <laughs> i'll never be the better man that's what it is um you know this like sort of like i'm uh, not i'm not gonna message of work together not again yeah i'm not gonna bind into your capitalist bullshit <laughs> yep yeah uh and then a bigger picture, which is the second last song of the record. Uh, it's a bigger picture of the record, really. Like you listen to this, and you're like, "Oh, this is what the record sounds like." Again, mm-hmm. uh, uh, nothing's it mentions. It's not funny like on television. I don't think it's ever funny on television. Personally, there's not a whole lot of funny stuff on there. Unless you're watching The Office, yeah, I think, which is hilarious. I think it's kind of like one of those like you see this like romanticized version of you know yeah. having issues or you know. Uh, it seems like he's having a mental break of some sort. And he's just like, it's, it's not as fun as they made it seem like it was on TV, which <laughs> yeah. is definitely an issue we have. Yeah. Of, yeah. You know, romanticizing oh, a lot it's, of that. Not, not as fun as what you see on YouTube. <laughs> you know? mm. um, which gets us in the last fact, track action. And basically this song is about wanting to fit in, you know, like wanting a crew. Where do you belong? Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's, it's also, it's the last song. It ends fine. It's like not a super good ending like it was on Swampophilia or Telemelis because this record, if I had one complaint, it's not very varied in, in its sound, but it, it's fun though. That's the point. Of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like a road trip when, you know, you go through it and you're always seeing the same thing that you were on the way there on the way back, you know? So. It also feels like a pick me up. Like you would listen to this, like after listening to a couple of other albums, and you're like, "All right, yeah. we gotta, gotta need, get the energy back." I need that cup. Of, I need that cup of coffee in audio form. I need a cup of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, so that was Lesson Jake's uh, words and boundaries. Eddie, I can't thank you enough for being here. We had a great time. Yeah, seriously, that was so, you brought an amazing album, and so, you had great stuff to say. Thanks for being here. So we're gonna do, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, do you want to go ahead and get some uh, stuff people can find your stuff at, like uh, some links or anything like that, or maybe, maybe yeah. some important furnishes you got going up, coming up? Uh, yes. Uh, so um, you can find me on all the platforms except for Twitter. I don't do Twitter. Oh. Um, I, no. at did, you, did you have one and never used it? 
Because I looked for you earlier on there. I have one, but <laughs> I, I've i kind of followed up this social media train in terms of, like, being really consistent. Sure. Uh, but I tell you what you need to know. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> right. um, but I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook um, at SisterBotMusic. Um, I'm on Bandcamp too, which yeah. we love Bandcamp. Yeah, we all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, First Friday then, of every month. Yes, <laughs> we just had it. <laughs> I got thirteen whole dollars. But yeah, I I have uh, my album out, and I have a show at Record Bar in Kansas City coming up on the 29th of December. Okay. Um, and then I've got a couple more coming up as well. I have one on Friday that's actually a private show, but it's like a. Ooh. Exciting. We're not invited. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm if joking. You, if you want to come, you can come. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's me. All right. Well, Addy, it was truly a thrill to have you on. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so I, much. Anytime this we could do this again, that would be great. Oh, yeah. I love talking about records. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, All right. Well, uh, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening to Record Night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. So, the, thanks for listening. That, that was our uh, interview with Addy. They were great. Yep. That fantastic. Fantastic. We'll, we'll have them on any other time, honestly. <laughs> I'd yeah. put them on any other time. Uh, but be sure to check them out if you're in Kansas City. Yeah, and we're going to play Mr. a song. Or if you're not in Kansas City, yeah. listen uh, listen online. And, um, Go buy their record. Yeah, what, what else you got going on, pal? <laughs> uh, me and my friend do the music for this podcast. Uh, if you like the intro music or this outro music that's currently playing, check us out on Bandcamp at smell.bandcamp.com. And yeah, we've got two albums, Pay What You Want, uh, including nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I got a, a, another podcast you called uh, Mood Zone Sucks is something they do. We do that month, not we monthly, every week, and uh, we do two new movies. And again, it's getting harder and harder to keep up with all the movies that are coming out, especially December. Like mid-December, there's like six of them we want to talk about in one week. There's so many. I know. Like, I want to talk about Licorice Pizza and Come On, Come On, but I don't know if we'll get to either of those. I will mm-hmm. see him regardless. But, you know, like, I don't know if I've talked <laughs> to him. But, uh, yeah, that was, um, that's all I got going on so far. Uh, stay tuned. We are, <coughs> oh, fuck, excuse me. The end of the year is coming up, so we're, Sort of thing about ramping things up a little bit, but we'll talk about. Well, that. this is actually our first. This is our first episode of the new year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're really. So you'll see. You will have heard what we have planned for this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, yeah. Stay the end of the. Stay the end of the uh, end of the uh, show. We'll play a song by Sisterbot. And uh, thanks for listening. I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. And we'll see you guys later. See you later.
It's not been long in the lonely fiction reality spectrum of truth that I consume every day. I'm lost to the cosmos where I came from. Lost to the cosmos, lost to the cosmos, lost to the cosmos.